Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I like sucking, but I ain't gay, gay, gay. Legit, bad podcast. Welcome to my Carl's Jr. Fuck off. Welcome to Costco. I love you. Hello, welcome to Legit Bat. We're back again. Still doing this. It's crazy, I know. Why would we still keep doing this? But here we are. Uh, well, it's Thursday. Still on vacation. And uh, we don't know. What do you guys want to talk about? Uh, Johnny in the chat says he demands a live stream. Dude, you might have to reset your page or something. Sometimes it does that on Rockfin. Yeah, thanks to all the people on Rockfin, all the uh, audio listeners. Oh, Johnny says hello, and this is for him. Yes, every time for the gas. So they're right off the top there. Thanks. Well, what up, retarded faggots? So yeah, we love you guys. Uh, we got uh, Ryan Bledsoe from Bledsoe Said So, which is probably the most genius name for a podcast if you can use your, your last name in a show. And we're just going to start it right up. Ryan, what's going on, buddy? Hey, um, just chilling, man. Yeah, same here. That's yeah. all we do. Just chilling. So, yeah. Uh, introduce yourself and your show and what you guys kind of talk about over there for the for anybody who doesn't know. Yeah, um, my name is Ryan. I grew up basically um, with some like wild, crazy paranormal experiences and uh, being studied by the government and things like that. And it's just, you know, like there's Discovery Channel documentary about us and um you know, really long story. I mean, I don't, I don't know like how far you want us to go into it or I just kind of, well, out. yeah, I did not know any of that. that stuff. I was actually so going to start off with absolutely that. Absolutely. Talk about that. Yeah. Cause sure. that's, I know you've probably told the story a bajillion times, but for anybody who hasn't heard it yet, I know your dad has had some crazy experiences and as well as you. So go into that as much as you want. Sure. Yeah. So it all started when I was a little kid, um, 13 years old. And basically my dad and my brother went out fishing on the Cape Fear River and they had basically documented four hours of missing time was discovered after the fact through the investigation process with my dad. So he's like in a real uh, down and out place in life, I guess, you know, just not really happy with the way things are going, just um, suffering from Crohn's disease, which is sort of this chronic incurable illness. And, um, you know, at the time he and my brother were doing contracting work like carpentry and they just finished a job. So they thought they'd go fishing on a Friday night and my dad's just not really feeling it, you know? So sometime during fishing, he says, um, I'm going to go walk up, you know, walk up the trail. So he walks up this half mile trail out in the forest. And when he gets to the top, he sees these three big orange balls of fire is what it looked like. There were two when he looked at the horizon and then a third one shot up beside it. And it was like, 
you know, oh my God, he, he kind of knew he was looking at something out of this world. And when he runs back, then he discovers that, um, you know, the whole group had been looking for him. The truck was in a different place. The fire was out, no more fishing. It, it seemingly hours had passed, but he didn't process at the time. It was a long time, you know, 2007. He didn't carry a cell phone on, on him at the time, had no clue that, you know, this amount of time had passed or whatever. It was just chaos. My brother comes running out of the woods and it turns out simultaneously he had an experience um, with some entities in the forest that were kind of bobbing around through the woods and looking around and grabbing things. And at, at all times, one of these entities had stared him straight in the eyes and he was kind of, you know, stricken with fear or paralyzed or what have you, just sitting there. What seemed to be about two hours, you know, as far as he could tell without a watch in the woods. But anyway, around that time when my dad comes back and then the entities quit looking at my brother and he kind of snaps out of it and he's, you know, good to go. He realizes he can run. They converge. And then um, the other three contractors who were with them were like really freaking out at this moment because they're all looking for my dad and my brother's off, you know, in the woods doing who knows what really dark out. And, uh, amidst all this fighting and like, where have you been? What's going on? I saw a UFO, all this chaos. One of the guys shouts, look, and they look up in the sky and what looked like, you know, the stars, well, eight or nine of them had scrambled around and then shot down to the, um, other side of the, the, uh, the woods on the other side of the Cape Fear river and landed in the woods. And then they were freaking out and they got out of there. And then, you know, by the time my dad got home, um, he saw an entity in the backyard and that's the abridged version. Um, you know, there's a whole documentary about this. It's called UFOs over earth, but, um, yeah. And ever, that was 15 years ago, going on 16 years in January. And ever since it's just, the experiences have, you know, picked up in intensity. It's just never quit. So what's your, uh, your dad's kind of background with this stuff. Like, was he ever open to that? Does he remember having any, any experiences as a child or is it, he ever had like a hypnotic regression or anything like that to kind of like, flesh out why that would have happened yeah so he had no experience in this i mean we were a very christian family like very old-fashioned like you know church. awesome yeah yeah it's it's um it's 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 really tough to uh kind of grow up and get away from all the trauma of that if it's extreme enough but anyway so we, you know we grew up in that background just being super super straightforward you know religious and we didn't think about aliens we didn't think about ghosts or or cryptids or paranormal things. You just don't talk about that in old fashioned Christianity. It's not real, even though there's instances in the Bible, it doesn't matter. That's not what they teach at church. So anyway, we were not open to that. We, we would talk about it, you know, from movies and things like that, but we're just, you know, normal people like everybody else. That's not what you think about, you know, back then. Wow. I'm going to see an alien today, you know? And, um, when all that started happening, um, especially considering he had the four hours of missing time, uh, he had this block in his head. Every time he tried to think about the experience, it was like he would get headaches and he would get dizzy and he would get um, this, this like painful confusion and brain fog of, you know, for a whole year, this experience happened. A lot of chaos was happening in our home. So he waited to report it to any sort of agency for about 10 months. And then after that, after he reported it, then it took them, you know, several months to get out and film the documentary and do the full scale investigation. So it was about a year and a half after his initial encounter that he finally had the hypnotic regression. And then the four hours of missing time that he experienced, all the memories flooded back to him, um, you know, face to face communication with several entities. And they had, you know, told him all very bizarre off the wall things like they were, you know, the guardians of nature and they serve creation and just all kinds of really fantastical stuff that they did not put in the documentary. I imagine. Oh, I was going to say, is that whole hypnotic regression in there? So none of it, none of the information that your dad received was in that? They put in about 90 seconds or a minute or something like that. And they put in some really cheesy out of context line where dad says a comment about the the younger or the smaller entities that they initially witnessed uh, consciously. He's, he made a comment about them being children out to play. And that was what they aired on the documentary. I, I suspect to make it look as kooky or wacky as possible, but yeah, there was a whole hour and a half um, audio tape recording of my dad just sitting there, just explaining in vivid detail, everything that was happening to him, everything that the, the entities were saying to him. And, and, and it was enough to make the investigators jaw drop. And they were like, Oh my God, you know, this, we have something real on our hands. This is the craziest case we've ever had. And then 
you know, down the road, we find out that they're telling us that in person. And then the guy who um, was the head of that particular agency known as MUFON was actually um, a CIA plant to cover up the story anyway. So it's like, that was going to be my next question Absolutely, is, was it yeah. fucking MUFON? Because MUFON seems to be um, quite controlled as far as we know lately. Yeah, whatever. I mean, it, it was. It was MUFON. It was, uh, let's see. So he had the experience in January of 2007. And then it took him 10. I, I always know it was 10 months. So that would have been October that he reported it. We were watching TV one night. And we saw this like UFO show, like UFO files or one of those cheesy mid 2000s where they would show little clips and then they would have some, you know, celebrity talking personality discuss all this off the wall crap. You know, we were watching one and at the end it flashed on the bottom, you know, go to MUFON.com if you have an experience. And he saw that and he typed up his report and he sat on it for months and months and months. He had incredible fear um, and pressure of him being investigated or taken seriously because everyone around him already thought he was crazy. Cause what do you do when you have an experience and you really had it? You, you tell people, yeah. Oh my gosh, guess what just happened to me? Well, everybody in our life, everybody in our family, except for obviously like me and my siblings at the time, everybody thought he was insane. Everybody thought he was, you know, just going crazy, going nuts. And he sat around in depression and didn't want to report this story to, to go public in any sort of capacity. So he sat on this report for months and months and months stressed, sitting in his room, depressed, not, not getting any work, just can't get it off his head. Then when he reported the story, MUFON was all over us um, within a yeah. week. So within was there week. any other government agencies brought in besides the uh, CIA plant and MUFON? Because this seems like, so the weird thing to me about all these stories is I totally believe this stuff happens, but the, the fact that, that people can never remember what they're told, it seems kind of, pointless for these entities to make this kind of an effort to contact us and tell us all this crazy shit when most of the time people can't even remember what they were well, told they can't i think it's on purpose there's a block that i've heard stories then that, what was the point that you know sound I mean? very similar to your father's story where when they try to think about it they get headaches or they can't remember or they feel a fear of some sort or some sort of emotion that makes them just forget about it or even a calm that just says, oh, it's no big deal. Just don't even worry. That's what about I mean. That. Like if they're coming and make the effort to to tell people this this crazy shit. And a lot of times it's stop playing with nuclear weapons. That's that old chestnut. You know, it's like, OK, we get the point. But half the time they don't remember that till they get regressed. So if there's this big message they came down from wherever to tell us, why is it always so hazy? Like you'd think if it was important, they'd be able to clearly remember it and be like, dude, I have the plans for this, you know, fusion machine or something. <laughs> I know, but they can't because we're, what are they going to say they got it from? I think, and those creatures are biological. I don't, I think they're like us in a way where you kind of want to say what's going on. If you capture a small animal, like, hey, it's okay. I'm going to take you out to the, even though, you know, it's not going to care or remember. It's like the ant thing. You're just be yeah. bellowing orders at an ant and they're like, geez, dude, I don't know. Anyway, sorry. We just went off. <laughs> no, it's, it's totally cool. Like in our experience, it wasn't like that. Um, it wasn't like this biological thing. And this is kind of the nature of why we've been so closely observed um, by agencies, intelligence agencies particularly, is because the experience was so, uh, I don't know how to say it, metaphysical. It, it, interdimensional. It was interdimensional. Yeah, the beings were, they were light. They were made of light. They appeared to have a physical form. And then, you know, the deeper you, you interact with them, they kind of remove this form and turn into these glowing beings of light. And it's, it's, it's a very bizarre phenomenon that the majority of the world isn't quite aware of yet they're they're still kind of like following this propaganda put out about like these scary saucers you know that are coming down to destroy us or this or that or blah 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 and um it, you know like it it just wasn't like that in our experience it was more so they told him we're not here to hurt you we're here to help you we're here to um basically guide humanity to to awaken humanity to the next level of consciousness the story of the beings of light has to get out and has to spread so that people will know that there is a like a positive force out there that they can kind of believe in or have hope for or or whatever, you know, to uh, kind of change this place around. Because what they told my dad is we're vibrating in fear. We're in a very negative, fearful place. People are hateful towards one another, uh, very selfish, very egotistical, very low vibrational and that comes from the top. It's 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 kind of pumped into our brains through media, through culture, through you know ancient stigmas and religious practices where you're supposed to kill other people 
you know, back then if they don't believe like you. And now since there's laws in place, you're supposed to judge other people if they don't believe like you. You know, it's just this whole world is trapped in this mental matrix of this just hateful, negative thinking. And the beings basically said that when the world begins to see them spreading around the world and know that they're true and, and, and understand that there truly is a positive higher force that is infinite and is eternal, uh, this world will change around because we'll begin to change our thoughts. And that's essentially the nature of the experience that was you know, communicated to our family through these beings. It, 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 there wasn't any uh, much of a biological component to it. And that's why the, the Department of Defense has been to our family. You asked earlier like if there were any other agencies um, namely there was NASA, DARPA, NRO, Air Force Intelligence, CIA, DIA, even retired officials from the OSS, which is a precursor to the CIA, have visited our property, uh, British intelligence, Israeli intelligence, as well as 1% families like um, some names have been thrown around through email chains with my dad, like Rothschild and other um banking dynasty names and point I'm getting at is all these people are so interested because the, the, the elements of this story are true. It scares them to understand that these elements that could like change reality, you know, the whole, the whole truth of these beings being beings of light or whatever. Um, it, it, it basically challenges the entire UFO narrative. So. Oh yeah, for sure. Cause I'm sorry for the rant there, by the way. Oh no, it's no, perfect. It's right. Uh, yeah, because a lot of the things that come out now, the more stories I hear about UFOs, especially, the more I'm pretty sure most of that is military or, you know, CIA, whatever. I don't think most, yeah. I mean, I think some of them are kind of um, truly unknown and we don't know what the fuck it is. But I don't think if they're beings of light from a different dimension, they need a physical craft to be hovering around, you know, sucking up cows and corn out their assholes or anything. I don't think, why would they be interested in that? So, that's probably more military too, but did it change your dad's uh, perspective on anything? The way you said you grew up sounds a lot like uh, the way I was raised. So I can imagine if my dad experienced that, some things would click around in his brain a little bit. Has he been different since then or seen the world a bit differently as far as religion goes or how did that work out? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> like I had mentioned earlier, we, we were very Pentecostal focused family. I mean, Pentecostal, for those that don't know around the world, um, it's this section of Christianity that exists primarily in the South. And it's like the closest modern thing to Mennonites or um, Amish people. It's, and I don't say that disrespectfully, but it's, it's very strict Christianity. It's like, you know, there's some quotes in like Leviticus and other scriptures in the Old Testament that have comments about women's uh, hair is their true glory. So that somehow or another means that a woman can never, never cut, cut her hair, right. Never right. cut it ever. Like it's a sin to cut it, you know? And it's just things like that. Like no makeup, uh, men can't have long hair, which I've struggled with that my whole life. So now I'm trying to grow my hair long because, you know, I'm finally away from it, but it's just these very old fashioned backward things, um, that we were raised in. And then after these experiences, when I was a teenager, my dad starts teaching me about reincarnation and, vibrations and the power of positive thoughts and positive words. And I'm like, dad, what, you know, where are you getting all this? Where's this all coming from? And, you know, essentially what is this new age shit, dad? Yeah. Like, you know, and over time now I have like, I'm very blessed to say probably one of the most entertaining metaphysical podcasts currently. I mean, that's, that's what we're shooting for at least is, is, is to be that. So, you know, maybe, Anyway, so like, yeah, his perspective totally switched from going to totally Christian, totally old fashioned to this, this whole mystical reality that, you know, I've spent since my childhood years, I've spent studying the mysteries and the religions to try to find out like, what happened to me? What are these beings? You know, I'm looking through the Old Testament, talking about Ezekiel, seeing a wheel within a wheel. And then some point when I'm in college um, studying religion as a minor, I stumble onto Gnosticism. And then I pull that thread and I start going down that hole and finding out that there were alternative historical texts about Jesus. And um, then I start pulling on the Hermeticism thread and then going down like, what are the Freemasons and the Rosicrucians and the Golden Dawn and all these secret societies really about and this, this, this ancient mystical wisdom. And then it turns out the stuff that the beings put in my dad's head is literally what they teach in a lot of these um, esoteric wisdom traditions. So what I'm kind of like trying to posit and trying to show to the world is that, uh, you know, we, we are in this, um, carefully constructed matrix of language 
by the elites where they want us to think and feel and, and perceive concepts and words a certain way. When in reality, you know, there's a lot more than just going to church. There's also a lot more than just not believing anything either. There's this whole force of consciousness that, that, you know, exists from the higher realm and essentially everything is eternal. You know, everything is, is light essentially. Yeah. So how uh, interesting, uh, Johnny in the chat says, why don't they just come down and show themselves then? I mean, that's the age old question is <laughs> if they're here to help us and they're here for the benefit of humanity, why do they show up at random ass times on somebody's property to one dude? Like can't, I guess it's yeah, I, I get that a uh, lot. Christians. It would be it'd be a heresy to be asking for a sign or you know the old whatever the Bible says. But like, we need help clearly, especially the last couple of years. Obviously, we need help from something like that. So come come help us. Why are you just saying random stuff to dudes in the woods? You know, like what do you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I get that question all the time. It's it's a it's a very initial gut reaction to people who are, you know, not really familiar with this type of thing or or whatever. But um. You know, like, what's the point of free will then if they can just reveal themselves to the entire world without everybody's consent? Forgot to mention this part, but that night that my dad had this experience, he was literally in such a depressive state that he was suicidal. He was ready to give up on life and walk away and, and just let everything go to the wayside. And he said, God, I, you know, I can't handle this anymore. Either kill me or heal me. And, you know, the whole point of that, I don't think every single time we ever pray, we're going to have some miraculous experience. But the point of that is he invited this. He went outside already believing in something, you know, and he invited a force to come in and change him or take him. And what I would tell the people is actually there's thousands of videos around the world blown up on TikTok, blown up on YouTube or Instagram or whatever of people seeing these lights. And they're like, what is it? What is it? We are certainly not the only people seeing this phenomenon. We're just very fortunate for uh, the intensity and the interaction that we've received so that we can, you know, kind of have a little nuance to to help people. Um you know, like understand what the hell is going on, but yeah, and maybe I mean, that's it's... the point of showing up to to one dude because I mean, you blew up and your story blew up so much. Maybe that's why they don't have to really come out to everybody, and then people can make their own decision based on your story. Or you know, as much as you said it was kind of warped by the documentary, but still, people can look into it more themselves and try to you know figure out what's going on. Yeah, and like what I would say to that is, I've personally met hundreds of people through this experience because. This happened in 2007. The documentary came out in 2008. And that's what going on 15 years, almost this coming year that the documentary was out. That's a long time to meet a lot of people who are aware of this subject and like seeking an experience and wanting to understand what's going on. And just like my dad tells people, happens all the time. If there's anybody out there who's seeking an experience, they want to understand, is there something out there that listens? Go outside. Think of, you know, look at the stars at night. Think of these beings of light. Just imagine them. And imagine that there is some truth to the Trinity. You know, the Trinity of uh, like Christianity, the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost or whatever. Just think about the Trinity and then look up and say, you know, if there's anything you're willing to to show me or if you're willing to give me a sign, you know, I, I'd be very grateful. And, and you'll be shocked at how many people have come to our property and have gone home and have seen experiences. It's all about the, the, the act of humbling yourself before the cosmic or before the, the forces of light that, that are there, that are there to help everybody if they're just invited in. Humbling yourself and being grateful and just asking, you know. So that, that does sound a lot like uh, kind of like the Stephen Greer uh, CE5 type of stuff. Is that the same thing? What do you think of that? Because I, from what I've heard of Dr. Greer, I don't dislike him but there's a lot of things that kind of don't check out for me with him do, what are you into that at all have you heard of that i know a little bit i've never met stephen greer but i'm very familiar and i know that he has his like ce5 protocol and it's a very similar thing um i think he's very much onto something with his methodology but you know then you get to the bottom of it and there's these i don't want to speak ill of anyone but you know you, you asked and then you get a bunch of people around and it's like five thousand dollars a pop to shoot lasers and try to do a, right. uh, a meditation session together when in reality you could just go home and just try you know it's it's just the willingness it's the openness it's the opening the part of your psyche that's willing to reach out and meet something halfway you know to like invite this change into your life and i'm telling you with 100 percent confidence the people out there listening if they just believe that there's something 
you know, and they go out there and they ask if there's anything you'd be willing to show me just for a sign, you'll be shocked. You'd be really so shocked. That's kind of what I was getting at. With again, I'm not talking shit either, but the whole like charging so much money to basically go out in the desert and meditate, which is something you can do uh, pretty much for free besides gas prices. We won't get into that, but yeah. I mean, you can go do this stuff yourself, but I think it might be kind of a, not a placebo, but kind of a psychosomatic thing where people expect something if they're giving something. So if they're paying this much money, they, they already know they're going to go out there and see something because they're doing this or something, you know, they don't, they don't trust themselves to be able to go and do it on their own or they're not familiar with meditation or something. So I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, if he's making a living off of it, sure. But I think, like you said, people can just go in their backyard and do it themselves. Yeah, just try. Just give it a shot. It's like, what do you have to lose, right? If they're not real, then what do you have to lose anyway? Just saying something silly to the sky. But what if I it say is silly, true? silly stuff in the sky all the time. Yeah, Mostly why customers. not? Get some, uh, get some steam out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So has there any been any follow-up since then with the documentary or when's the last time you were like visited by the CIA or something like that? Well, shoot. I mean, the documentary came out in 2008. Um, yeah, there's, there's been uh, quite a few things, you know, like quite a few um, limited media appearances and, and we're working out a, uh, like a blockbuster type film thing for nine years with some figures in Hollywood that fell through, never happened. But there's, there's always been this constant stream of people coming to us. Can we write a book? Can we make a series? Can we do this? Can we do that? And my dad, you know, due to the nature of his experience and, and, and how uniquely it presented itself to him, he, he very uh, wisely maintained who he dealt with. So he's, he's turned down. I mean, I don't even know at this point how many media deals or how many books or this or that, the other. And um, yeah, I mean, I've, to this day, they're, they're still calling CIA, NASA or whoever. I mean, it, it never stopped. They still, I mean, they don't call every day. They don't call 365 days a year, you know, but to that this would be day, unsettling. Oh man. Yeah. There was, there was a point when NASA was calling quite frequently. Um, a particular NASA scientist was calling two or three, four or five times a week coming down to stay at our property every few months. And, you know, the frequency, it just comes and goes. It like depends what they want from us or what they need. Or if, if they want to come out and try to have an experience, we've, we've had quite a few like, um, CIA, uh, type people come out to our property and see some things. Some Any men in black, you know, the weird, like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like where they don't know how to open doors and shit like that, or they come out in a weird black car, like any of that kind of, cause that, that's prevalent in the, this whole storyline is those guys it looks like their face is falling off their head anything like that no i i don't no. i haven't seen anything about like faces falling off of anybody's head or anything <laughs> so you mentioned in the beginning of our talk that you said um you had experiences too or you were maybe studied by the government y yeah absolutely um i what happened with that yeah so i've seen um Shoot, I mean, realistically, thousands of orbs, you know, since I was a 13-year-old kid, just turned 29 the other day. And just for perspective, I mean, every time I go to home to, to visit my dad, however often it is, if it's once a month, if it's every other month or, you know, twice a month or whatever, we'll go outside and look at the stars at night and just ask for, ask for a show, ask if they'll give us a sign. And every time, I mean, we see things. And, you know, imagine when it was nearly every night when we were teenagers, us and, you know, me and my siblings and we were growing up. And I, I honestly couldn't tell you how many thousands of these, these, these lights that I've seen in the sky or at eye levels zipping around the yard or whatever. But the, one of the experiences that shocked me the most was I was laying in, I was laying on the bed. Um, at the time I, for some reason, I guess my brother went off to college and I set up my bedroom to be kind of like a gaming room with like a couch and all my consoles and everything. So since my brother had moved out, I would actually at night, I would just sleep in his room, you know? And for whatever reason I was sitting on the bed, my friend had been over, we're like home from college for summer break or whatever. He sits on the other side of the bed. So we're like sitting up and we're like just having a conversation, you know, and we're kind of like where our vision meets is the corner of the room. And while we're having a conversation about these experiences, he always liked to help me talk through them and un understand what was going on and grapple these things. Cause it's very shocking to grow up and constantly see paranormal things. It's very, very shocking. Um, about that time we were having this conversation, uh, uh, something touched me 
on my ribs, something invisible. It felt like energy. And when I lifted my shirt, there was a red, a tiny little red mark. And then I showed my friend and his eyes got real wide. He was like, I mean, he, he believed everything, you know, he was like in shock, like, Oh my God, something's here. And then we look in the corner, both of us. And there was a three to four foot tall, uh, partially manifested entity. It was translucent. It had round little head, exactly like my dad described, exactly like the CGI rendition that the Discovery Channel did, um, as cheesy as it, as it looked. The concept still sticks. I mean, it, it had a round head. It had little nubby arms and little feet and a little tiny little torso. And its head... It just came up and booped you? Yeah, it just came up and booped me. And um, if you look at a door, its head was about as high as the doorknob. I mean, it was only like three or four feet. And then it just disappeared. You know, that was probably the most shocking experience I had. I imagine. I mean, I'd probably drop one in my drawers if I saw something like that. I imagine it wasn't like uh, what do you call aggressive or anything. It was just kind of hanging out, looking at you. Yeah, I mean, they've never been aggressive. It's 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 usually been well. Actually, let me let me take that back. There was one time when some sort of force or something uh, nicked our dog's neck, and it kind of like had this fountain of blood going everywhere. And it was, we were all like, you know, what is happening? There was a researcher there who at the time was an award-winning paranormal researcher who was, um, you know, whatever the ceiling of the UFO niche is. I mean, I don't know how many people are into this subject worldwide. Um, a lot more niche, lately, I think. For sure. Yeah. A lot more lately, especially since 2016. But um, in that whole UFO research world uh, back in that day, uh, this this gentleman was awarded as like the premier researcher. He was he was like famous for having briefed, I think Bill Clinton or interviewing him on UFOs or something like that. And um, anyway, he happened to be at our property. He was kind of like trying to debunk us, and um, you know, kind of like pretending to be interested, but really trying to find holes in our story and trying to just blow it apart and you know go spread it or whatever. Like you know, just just what journalists do. And then yeah. around that time in the backyard, I think he was going to leave. And um, something just nicked my neck and it was, or not my neck, I'm sorry, my dog's neck. And it just starts squirting blood and they're all freaking out. Like, Oh my God, like, is she going to die? Um, get a towel. My dad tackles her. She's trying to walk into the house. There's blood on the hardwood. He's, it's, you know, slippery. Um, Cause she was trying to walk in the back door. He grabs her. He brings her outside, puts a rag on her neck. And he feels an energy leave his body and the dog relaxes. And then um, when he lifted his hand, the cut was gone. The dog wags her tail. She gets up and she walks away. And he goes, the guy, the, re the researcher who was there, it gets even crazier. So the researcher who was there um, went and spread that story. He went to conferences and started showing people pictures of his bloody jeans. I mean, I still have the picture and pictures of my dad's hand on the dog's neck with the rag and like, I tell this whole story to say like, yeah, sometimes they've done some things that appear aggressive, but you know, in the long run, it's like nobody was harmed. Particularly no humans were harmed and it always had some very positive outcome. Like in this case, word got to the CIA about this experience. My dad putting his hand on the dog's neck and then it was just better. It blew their minds and they started um, making trips to our house. Some, some um, CIA folk. And essentially what they told my dad is you should begin to, um, explore meditation because it, it appears that these entities tend to use you as a vessel sometimes to uh, facilitate healings. And anyway, so he starts praying for healings for people. You know, my dad to this day, he doesn't, he doesn't claim he's a very humble man. He doesn't claim that he has like abilities to do anything to heal other people or this or that. He always says, like, if you ask him, it's the entities, it's the beings. Every time someone's healed, they, the entities, you know, they show up as a light. They'll usually appear. It's usually some crazy synchronistic experience. And um, as he started, you know, asking for this and and it kind of progressed, um, people started coming around our property and, and being healed of cancers and various diseases. And even people, it's a long story, but even people connected to some of the CIA circles um, had been healed of diseases. And then they went on to report this to the Pentagon and, and to the president and you know, it's like every time these beings have shown up on our property has been some crazy synchronicity to um, blow someone's fucking mind out of their skull 
so that they go and they spread the story as far as they can. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and the momentum builds. And it's the craziest thing. Well, I think that's a great answer to why they wouldn't just show up to everyone. Like we said earlier, they, they pick one guy that they're like, Oh, we can see farther on down the line. This will be a, a great, you know, use of our time to come down and kind of do these things and show people how, how weird it is. So where do you think it, what do you think the difference is between the idea of like flesh and blood aliens and coming from other planets and this? Are these two different things? Are aliens just fake and it's all these interdimensional things? I mean, these are all questions everybody has, but I, I just want to know what you think about it. Sure. Yeah, I appreciate that. So personally, I don't tend to believe in um, the possibility of biological aliens coming from other planets. I just, and it's not that I like, don't like the story or don't like the vibe. I mean, everybody grew up watching Star Wars and things like that. Everybody thought aliens are cool, you know, but like after my experiences, after the conversations I've had with certain individuals and certain agencies like NASA and CIA about psychic awareness and consciousness and realms and interdimensional travel and the kind of things that they really discuss in these need to know programs. Um, and then you mix that with a lot of what the entities communicated to my dad, which is essentially totally aligned with the ancient wisdom traditions of Egypt, that this is like not a real reality, you know, like Elon Musk keeps calling it a simulation. Everybody thinks of it as this like little program where aliens are running a computer, but that's, that's not really what it seems to be. Um, you know, if you look at the history, the wisdom traditions and, you know, like what the entities are saying, and they're saying this is a consciousness. It's a game. It's a game where your consciousness sort of incarnates over many lives to evolve, to grow, to learn lessons from the terrible things you've done in the past or terrible things that have happened to you, which manifest in your current life as disease or illness or negativity or whatever. And um, the whole earth school idea. Yeah. It's earth like school, many lives, yeah. many masters, like the book I was telling you about. Yeah. But my whole point, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. I, I'm, I'm a little tired because it's, this you know, is, this Coast, is a talk show. No, you're fine. Oh, cool. Yeah, I'm, I come from the more yeah. podcast vibe, so it's like you know. So I, I, I just came in blind. No, so we anyway, just hang out and talk about whatever. Yeah, so feel free, yeah, ramble on. Cool, cool. So the point I come to there is, you know, through the experiences I've had, through the the like growing up, I've, you know, just been privy to some really crazy shit, and I, I just don't. It just doesn't really. It's like I can't entertain the idea of these monsters coming from other worlds when like my dad literally is sitting in mission control with some of the highest level um, need to know like majestic 12 type people in the world in, in the United States department of defense and looking them in the eyes and saying, I had a dream last night that space is like water. And there are these massive cosmic type creatures that look like jellyfish or like octopi and they swim around and it was communicated to me in my dream that space is the negative dimension, you know? And then he tells these people that, and they're like, like, what the fuck, man? Like, you're the most informed person we've ever met. And through these sequences of events, like another crazy story, my dad got involved with, like, the men who stare at goats, psychic remote viewing thing. Are you guys familiar with that? Like, the movie? Oh, yeah. yeah. Involved, yep. with, involved with them and, like, de developing research about consciousness and entanglement to entities and things like that. It's just like my brain is so fucked by mystical experiences that I, I just don't even allow time to even consider things like what NASA is telling me this reality is supposed to look like because I've met them and I, I just don't really trust what they're saying. They, they straight up told me in my house, in my kitchen, that the majority of news stories and things that are put out to the public are made up just to create a certain opinion. You know, it's like, yeah, 100%. I'm pretty sure we can all agree on that. Yeah, we've and, talked about that on the show quite a bit. It's very clear yeah. they're trying to, they provide a narrative that they hope everybody falls in line with so that they don't think outside that box. I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought NASA specifically because obviously this would tie, especially you said being visited by NASA, this would tie directly into this. So to pivot that way for a minute, what do you... Where do you think this whole general narrative of space and everything is going without getting into flat earth? We've done this already. Uh, what do you think the point of like the NASA thing is? Obviously, it's to propagandize and put a narrative out. And, but obviously, they know something like what you're talking about because they've talked to people like your dad. So they know. So, so what's with the hiding it from people? Is it just to keep their earthly realm power? Is that it? Does it just come down to that? Well, I mean, I don't know how like 
deep into the experiences you want me to go. Like, I don't know. Deep, son, deep. Go as far as you want. Okay. So in 2012, um, my dad had another profound encounter, like even more profound than the one that the documentary was about. But it's never been published in any official capacity. It's it's just a, it's a story until it's you know published as a dramatization or whatever. And they were working on doing a movie about it for nine years. And that's a lot of the reason why we were so quiet as a family, because we kept being passed by. We're going to tell your story. We're going to tell your story. That broke off. I got mad as hell. I was tired of being yanked around. And I said, I'm going to go tell it. So that's why I made the podcast in the first place. But anyway, yeah. so in 2012, um, at, at 3 a.m., it was either Easter night or I, I know it was the week of Easter, but it was either Sunday night Easter. Or it was like the next night or something like that. But just just think it was the time of Easter, the weekend of Easter. And three in the morning, like three usually. In, <laughs> yep. Three in the morning, a voice says arise. My dad kind of wakes up out of bed and he walks outside. And when he walks outside, the same entities that he saw from the 2007 experience. Now, I didn't say this earlier. But in his hypnotic regression, he was able to recall seeing entities that were much larger than the smaller ones. They were more like seven or eight foot tall. And they spoke telepathically, and they were the ones who told him, don't worry about your son. We're watching over him. Meanwhile, he's in the woods uh, being traumatized because these little entities are like staring at him in the face. And anyway, it's, it's a long story. People who watch the documentary will get it. But anyway, so he walks outside, and those same massive tall entities are in the backyard. And they remove their form and appear as beings of light. And he has this feeling that they're, that they're like familiar, like family almost. Like he's known them forever kind of thing. They walk him through our yard. Uh, this is out in the south in North Carolina, like big country hunting type region, you know, fishing, hunting, like out in the woods or on a boat somewhere. You know, it's like where we lived. It was, it was just, uh, there was miles of fields and you drive 15, 20 minutes to go into town kind of thing. You know, like we had six acres in our backyard surrounded by forest and, and bushes and, and all this kind of stuff. So point being, it was dark. These beings walked in through the woods in our six acre yard, through the backyard to a dog kennel where we had 15 or 20 hunting hounds. And they handed this little thing and it looks really weird. It's like, it's like this, uh, it, it kind of has this appearance of flesh, like, like a dog, but it has no head, no legs, no eyes, no nothing. It just, it felt to him like it was alive, but when he held it, it pricked his finger. It was like it was biting him, but there was not even a mouth. And the being said, this is your burden. Don't lose this. And he walks through the yard and he's holding this thing and it's gnawing at him. And then he gets to the dog kennel, which is, I don't know. I mean, from our backyard or from our back door, it was probably like close to a quarter mile walk around some trees. And uh, he throws the thing in the kennel, shuts the kennel. And when he turns around, he sees a bull, but it looks like a spirit. It's like this ethereal bull tackles him and knocks him over. My dad, like it doesn't like tackle him like a football player, like hit him. It goes through him like a wind and he falls down. He lands on his back. And then when he gets up, he rolls over and he's on his hands and knees. And instead of a bull being there, it was this beautiful, a uh, blonde-haired, blue-eyed woman. And she had a white dress that went from her neck down to her feet, and it twinkled like the night stars. And she told him her name was Hathor, like uh, the Egyptian. Oh, by the way, this is a depiction of her, if anybody's like oh, watching no, this gotcha. video. Yeah, long white. I left that in light. the show art. I knew I should leave it there. Cool, yeah, I saw that. It was a really cool graphic, by the way. But um, anyway, so like she says her name is Hathor. She is the... Uh, I guess what all the new agers would call like the divine feminine or whatever, but she communicated that she's, you know, the mother of all creation in the universe. She is, she is the, the missing secret part of the Trinity that's been hidden from mankind because people don't realize this, but for thousands and thousands, tens of thousands, or even hundreds of thousands of years, it was just as commonplace for there to be a female aspect of divine of, of divinity, not just a father God that sits on the throne and throws lightning bolts or, I mean, it you know, makes sense, right? Isn't that bizarre to you that it's left out of so many traditions that there would be a mother as well as a father since that's mirrored down here on earth? Like, it just makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. It makes it makes nothing but sense. You know, anybody with eyes can look out in nature 
can read a little bit about biology or, or whatever, and they can intuit that all of nature is created by the clash or the collision of masculine and feminine forces. In every layer of reality, this is true. In the human realm, that takes place as you know physical sex. In the in the um, manifestation realm, that takes place as masculine and feminine forces of the cosmos, or you know celestial bodies. And this this you know it's just the macrocosm versus the microcosm kind of thing. But you know, yeah, it's a, it's all of the duality thing. It's uh, exactly you know, yeah the mixing of opposites. So it, I know since you grew up the same way I did that idea was so bastardized but even to the point of saying no mary was an immaculate conception because ew sex ew it's yeah. like no that that's what makes things happen though that's it's not gross i mean it's kind of gross sometimes but like that's <laughs> that's what makes things live is that thing and you're trying to deny that and saying there's no female aspect to this very strange yeah not only that but they uh they made mary magdalene a whore but that's not in the Bible. Why does everybody just know that? Why does everybody just think that? Because that was disseminated. That was the the culture is that, you know, women in society have to wear these long burkas or long, you know, like the nuns that you basically can only see their face and then everything else is covered. And that's not to say that like men aren't special too. That's not what I'm getting at. What she communicated is that the, the, the energy of this reality as it currently is and has been for generations and generations, eons, has been out of balance. It's been a very uh, out of balance, masculine, warlike place. I mean, you think about it, everything's been war and blood and sacrifice and killing and, you know, these financial systems dictating literally everything in the world. And um, basically what she said is when everyone brings balance back with the feminine side of the cosmos, which is more like love, compassion, forgiveness, all that mystical badass shit that Jesus was talking about in the first place. And then they killed him and then they paganized his story. You know, the forgive your neighbor, love your neighbor, all that stuff. Well, that's the feminine side of consciousness. You know what I mean? So when the world yeah. starts vibe, you know, bringing that back into balance is when we're going to flip the script and then we'll, will uh, eventually as consciousness awakens because now is the time now is uh we're on the cusp of that age um consciousness is going to be awakened awakening all over the world and people are going to be more in touch with like compassion and empathy and things like that you know that's what she what said that's what being said what do you think that looks like from your perspective going forward here because it seems pretty far from that as we are sitting now but obviously like you said more people are getting interested in these subjects and they go down a different rabbit hole like that so what what do you think that looks like because we're kind of fucked at the moment everything's pretty upside down well it's like you know it can be whatever you want it to be they, they the people at the top rigging the game you know through these entities like cia or vatican or american and or even global politics and council of foreign relations there's all these organizations in place that have immense power and they literally can just go out there and talk on TV and then tell the whole world that it's the end of the world. Oh, my God. Everybody has monkeypox. Everybody has COVID. And everybody hate this guy and love that guy. And this person is this and that. It's just like they're telling us to constantly be in fear, that we're constantly in danger, that you know we're constantly fucked. But it couldn't be farther from the truth. They're just kicking and screaming. They're lashing out. They're trying to keep everybody in a low vibration because the truth is um, – it doesn't fucking matter what they do and it doesn't fucking matter what anybody believes because the stars don't lie. And they're like the giant hands and cogs of a cosmic clock. And we're kind of approaching that 12th sign Aquarius, you know, like it's, it's now we're in it. We're in that final hour. But what that really means is it's just going to be an awakening. People are going to start becoming more wise to the mysteries of consciousness and reality and become more self-aware. It's like, how much more fucking self-aware can you be than realizing that you were just a being of infinite energy walking around in this little flesh suit watching TV? You know what I mean? Like once we are self-aware, fully self-aware is when we're going to start wakening up or awakening in, in, in mass. And, and that's essentially where we're at right now. We're not fucked. That's just what they want us yeah. to believe. I agree. I don't think we're fucked either, babe. I don't no, know I mean, the way, it, the way it appears to everybody is that we're <laughs> fucked. I don't feel that. Like, uh, 
everything's fine over here but like you're saying the way the death throes of a dying system they're lashing out and putting all this shit out there that's what i was kind of getting at with the whole nasa thing is what did these groups have what's their interest in keeping us in a low vibration if, especially if they oh, yeah. know is there this some sort of energy if, stealing thing happening if they know this esoteric knowledge and they know that we're in you know aquarius or they know people are going to be waking up what is their interest in keeping us down is it just for their earthly power is that fucking it like it seems like a weird thing what what she told my dad she being her the female entity what she told my dad was that the earth is a living being of higher consciousness that 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 consciousness is eternal it's infinite. It's in every living thing. It's in the blade of grass. It's in the drop of water. It's in the atom that's vibrating next to all the other trillions of atoms that make up each and every individual person. You know what I mean? Consciousness is like the most fundamental piece of reality. And everything we're experiencing right now just comes from that. It's just like this little fucking song and dance. You know, we have this little 70 year life and it's like a little drama. It's like a little, it's like a little theater like stage show. Consciousness is the ether that yes thing the dark matter yeah that makes yep. sense too because we, when you think about dying and like that finality of the end or there was nothing in the beginning and then there was everything like what the bible says or what even science yeah. says the big bang that makes no sense in your head if you really try to think of it as a human i think any human if you really try to dig deep down in your consciousness that makes no sense there's no finality it's always eternal Along with most stories we're told, they make no sense if you think about them for long enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, it's like the more you think about any particular subject, the more you can just like pull these threads and it's just like you go down these rabbit holes. Like, man, there's there's people that, that make entire documentaries about like one TV show. You know, like you can you can just infinitely observe any subject. But anyway, so like back to what the entity was saying, um, she said that essentially consciousness is, is eternal. And we just come here to learn. It's, it's the journey of the soul, you know, and everybody is eternal. When we die, we go on to what she called the eternal world. It's like the unmanifested world of spirit. It's not, it's not confined by all this bullshit that we, that we're experiencing right now through the five senses. And um, she said, when the red star Regulus aligns with the gaze of the Sphinx just before dawn, in the constellation Leo, um, we would shift into a new knowledge. And anyway, so like some of our, I, I guess I could say associates. I mean, we don't work for NASA, but colleagues or I don't even know what the fuck to call them to this, at this point. Friends. Anyway, <laughs> um, one of them was an astronomer. He was like the senior most living member of NASA. He was a, he was a, a very prof- prolific a tektite observer. He was the world's authority on tektites, which are like this anomalous glass meteorite. Anyway, he ran that event, the star aligning with the Sphinx in the constellation Leo just before dawn. He ran that in a star simulation. And he predicted that that alignment should happen sometime either in the, it's either in the, um, I get equinox and solstice confused. It's either in the spring equinox or the, fall equinox and one of those two points that alignment is supposed to happen in the year 2026 so i don't know i mean the the entity never gave a date she never said she never said um you know it'll be at this time she just said when this star aligns with the gaze of this sphinx in leo just before dawn we're going to shift into a new knowledge well i mean that that sounds kind of like the uh mayan calendar thing where it couldn't it maybe it's not something we notice immediately like something comes out of the sky or something crazy happens but maybe i mean i talked to a lot of people in 2012 did seem to be the end of something and the start of something else but we didn't really notice it for several years after and then everybody thought about it and they're like dude the world has been fucking different since 2012 that is crazy we didn't notice it while we were going through it but i mean if it's 2026 and that star lines up we might not even know until 2030 yeah, that's that's a very good point. I never thought about that. Like most people aren't consciously aware of these reality shifting events. You know, it's like you just talk about it in hindsight. But that's what she said was that the age of Aquarius is coming. It's 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 a cosmic process that, you know, a bunch of people can kick and scream all they want. But at the end of the day, they, they can't bend the will of the cosmic forces. They just can't. They can bitch all day about it, but it's not going to happen. All they can do is keep people in a low vibration. And here's why. She said the earth is a living entity, all entity or all things, all living things are consciousness, the celestial bodies, all of it. 
And the earth is vibrationally linked to our collective consciousness as human beings. And when we are in a majority negative, fearful vibration, we're actually harming the, the uh, energy field of the earth. We're harming its consciousness. It's, it's very painful because it's such a high level being, you know, it, it, it's so sensitive to energy, so to speak. It's programmed to rid itself. It's programmed to preserve itself to, as she said, you know, shake people off like fleas if it gets bad enough. But she said, that's not going to happen. She said that the age of Aquarius is going to happen no matter what. That's why they want people to be in a negative, fearful vibration because they actually want to manifest a cataclysmic event. And in reality, it's too fucking late because, you know, love and empathy is already spreading throughout the world. I mean, there's thousands of people around the world posting videos of seeing these lights. It's everywhere. It's too late. It's already happening, you know? Damn. Fucking awesome. What do you think, before we get out of here, though, I wanted to ask you what you thought about reincarnation because... Like I said, since you grew up like us, that's not something we talked about or even were allowed to, you know, entertain as an idea. So if right. this is Earth school, right, and we come back however many times till we learn whatever we need to know, why don't we remember it? Me and Jen were just talking about this the other night. Like, you'd think it would be, it'd be like going on to the next grade where you remember what you learned the first time there, so that you could learn better the next time. But it doesn't seem like most people remember previous lives and that you go through a lot of regression or whatever and some people flash i think you carry it with you yeah like so you carry your, that weight with you and then you have to learn from that and then i don't know that's your, my thought your past you lives go. are kind Sorry, of a subconscious thing or something because if you were to remember mm -hmm. exactly what you did wrong in the last life and why you came back here it'd be so much easier to like fix that but that exactly that's the point that's <laughs> why you can't have that that's that's what i say, just seems more I'm efficient i don't know Let's yeah know. i mean my my take on that is like you know if energy is eternal, if it truly outside of this place is, is, is one, it's, it's all connected and the, at the highest level of reality, it's all one mind. It's all one consciousness. Right. And we're all just experiencing many different versions of that consciousness, seeing and perceiving experiences from different angles, from different, from different lessons, from different experiences. You know what I mean? And it's like, if we come from a realm of eternal energy that is completely outside of matter. And then, you know, consciousness says, I want to hop down and I want to experience this or that, or, or I want to be this character or that character. It's like, if you were this infinite being and you're manifesting this material world to go and to learn and to experience, um, it, to me, this is just my theory. It's not like I was taught this by anybody, but to me, it stands to reason that if you're manifesting some physical biological body that literally interprets every piece of data observed through the five senses, through the sight, the smell, you know, touch, um, sound and taste. It's like our memories are based off of the data we've observed in this reality. We can't remember things that we haven't observed with faculties that are not evolved enough yet. We're, we're kind of like walking around in the dark, you know, metaphorically, like obviously we have physical light and we can see, but we're walking around in like this ignorance of who we really are, where we really come from. We don't know how to perceive that realm yet, or at least us, 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 us normal civilian people don't in, in, in facilities they claim they do. And um, anyway, it's like, how can we remember something that we just haven't perceived yet with this new body that's trying to become self-aware? You know, it's like the memories just aren't there in the brain. We were born. I mean, it makes sense. I can, I can barely remember like last week. So another life is out of the question. So that's fair enough. It's like the memory well, is physically dude. not in the brain, you know, but what is the subconscious? I think you hit a really powerful secret there earlier when you started talking about the subconscious. Like in reality, if people start studying things like Carl Jung and ancient alchemical philosophy and hermeticism and things like that, you find out that the subconscious mind is pretty much the soul. Yeah, I wish we could uh, talk to it more. Mine talks to me at night in dreams, but usually I'm like, what are you talking about? I don't understand this at all. Almost every night. I know Jen does too. We both wake up like, what the hell yeah, subconscious like mind? We go, <laughs> we what go was that? Places. And I did. I've already <laughs> yeah. talked about it before, but I had a really crazy meditation where for three days I was like a different person and I was getting like random information that I just didn't, it wasn't even my own thoughts, but I did have one weird where I, one weird like vision, I was just walking down the hall and I saw 
in my head all of a sudden this like I don't, it looked like a light bright maybe it was just like all a bunch of lights but there was a circle and it was all these lights around and like just thousands of them and then just tiny like husks went down over them to differentiate them and I was like oh that's people that's what we are like we all come from the same light source we're all the same thing but we look different because that's what differentiates us just random but so I totally know what you're getting at Interesting. Yeah, that sounds like a, a, a really profound experience, actually. But that, that's pretty awesome. Did you feel any sort of like energy in your body, like spine or anything like that? You know, I did every time. This is super lame, by the way. I felt like the biggest dork for like ever. But um, if I went like this, like if I did this, which I, I was great, I would be like, I'm grateful, grateful. Like I would say that all the time, which is not me. Like that's not how I was raised. Like these things just came to me. But if I did this, it just like vibrated through my whole body, like energy everywhere. And I would just be so grateful and humbled. I didn't look in the mirror for three days. Like I barely did makeup. I just like lived life and looked at the sun and looked outside. Like this is the best day ever. Everything's amazing. Yeah. That's but just over a meditation. So. Yeah. I've had similar experiences communicated to me from very close friends of mine. So I, 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 I believe you. That's super cool. Awesome. Yeah, especially with the hand Dude. thing, you know. I'm sorry if you guys are trying to go, but last thing. Oh, um, no, 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 it's fine. These are called mudras, which you just talked about. You know, like the ancient Hindus and the ancient Tibetan Buddhists and even in different forms of Buddhism, they knew that were these tiny little reflections, these tiny little fractal pieces of the infinite cosmic, you know. So it's like if that's true, if you could tap into energies from higher realms by mirroring certain secret sacred shapes um and also the knowledge of like nerve endings being in the fingertips controlling the flow of energy this this is what they always do you know you always see this iconography of jesus or sometimes even buddha with their praying hands that's a mudra yeah. there's some powerful shit there that sounds like yeah, the uh, the stuff from the oa if you anybody's ever watch that show it's oh, yeah. a little exaggerated but where they're like doing all these hand movements and like sounds i do and shit. believe there are sacred movements and stuff too it's weird but that's how i meditate now so every time i meditate i do this no matter what but you i don't stop. i've never had the same thing it went away after three days i was right back to being just like i work in the mortgage industry and i like technical details like it was not <laughs> yeah. not cool yeah. i wish yeah. that i could come back but it's still there in my head but yeah whatever I still Sounds appreciate like a, subconscious still memory. Sounds like a Kundalini awakening type experience you went through, like a, 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 a an awakening of psychic perception. Yeah, it was weird. There was God, like God was not in my meditation. Like I wasn't thinking about God when I started the meditation, but I came out being like, God is real. We're all part of the same thing. We're all energy. We're all love and light. Like just a bunch of weird shit. But There's a lot of people <laughs> that are talking about that. I've seen a lot of shit on Facebook from people I know years ago that are like saying the same shit like a lot of them so yeah I, there are i do that's Ryan why i might don't be think onto we're something fucked. There. i don't think we're fucked at all i think a lot of people are coming to this hey everything's gonna be okay mentality or it, yeah. even if you die in this reality it doesn't matter even if you die the worst death it's still gonna be okay and that's yeah, what you well, have to remember. life's eternal mm -hmm. truly is thank you so much for having me on guys by the way, dude, of course, yeah, we'll, we'll let you go to bed. I thank know you you're for way sharing ahead of your us. story. Yeah, that was amazing. That's incredible. Yeah, it's, it's, stuff. it's not always easy, you know, but uh, appreciate you for giving me the chance. And um, absolutely, of course, yeah, it's 10 here. So I'm sorry, I got to bounce. Is, do you need me to stick around for any sort of closeout or anything no, like that? Do you want to? No, just, no, dude. Um, just... What's the name of your the documentary? Maybe if people want to check that out, name your show, where, where we can, can find, find your you. podcast, yeah. all that stuff. Sure. Yeah. It's called UFOs over earth. Um, it's old, it's dated. It's like a very cheesy, very intentionally deceptive, um, uh, discovery channel documentary it came out in 2008. So with those details, 2008, just type in like Chris Bledsoe documentary, it'll pop up. And, uh, my podcast is called Bledsoe said so it is one of a kind. It's basically me just trying to, uh, do something a little different. And instead of letting everyone else like, tell our story. I'm, I'm just trying to tell it live in, in a meta way, in a way that um, is, is, is very unique, very unique. So thank you. Dude. Absolutely. Yeah, of course. We'll totally check it out. Everybody check out his show and uh, we appreciate you so much for coming on. He's also here on Rockfin. So go check out that. Cause uh, I'm assuming you do videos if you're on Rockfin. So, and we're on yes, Rockfin sir. right now. So 
Thanks, everybody, in the live chat, all the audio listeners. We love y'all. Have a good night. Thanks, guys. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 